I need a pops just, filter. Just, just a bunch of pops. <laughs> Welcome to Dungeon Master Level 1, the podcast about a first-time Dungeon Master with his group of friends going through their first Dungeons & Dragons campaign. And we had a big week. First, let me introduce myself. Oh, what a banger. Let me Sorry, introduce let's myself. do intros. Yeah, I am your Dungeon Master Merit, and with me is my bender fist, Ted. Bender fist? See if you can figure it out. It was the big reveal for the week. Is this an anagram for his best friend? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so mad at myself for not seeing that stupid anagram, but we'll get to that later, folks. Yeah, so we simple plot rundown, but epic. Um, heroes got to the castle. It was under attack. Uh, defending the injured royal family was little old Zandmi and Sir Podrick. Uh, and... The heroes were faced with a choice. Uh, once they got to the vault room uh, where the orb of power was, they were magically connected with it. Time froze, and they could see uh, strands of light connecting them to the orb, and then weaker strands connecting the orb to Zanmi, Podrick, the king, and the stranger, the man in black. And so I had the heroes make a secret vote to tell me who to connect it to. And they yep. they made the choice I wanted. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, we gave we gave the 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 the, the, the vote mm-hmm. went to Zanmi. We don't mm-hmm. know how it fell exactly, but there were four people voting and Zanmi won, and mm-hmm. one person didn't vote for Zanmi. So figure it out, Sam. That's a shout out for Sam. I know he's one of the only people who listens to this, and that's how you build an audience is aggressively mocking the people who listen to your podcast. Um, but yes, we all voted for Zanmi, and then Zanmi like, got this devilish grin on his face mm-hmm. and was like, ooh, thank you, or whatever, <laughs> however he talks. And, it's pretty close. Uh, That's accurate. <laughs> then we revealed that Zanmi was actually under a spell, under an mm-hmm. enchantment, that was forcing him to act opposite from his true nature, because mm-hmm. guess what, folks? You're probably already there. If you listened to the sesh or were there in the sesh on Tuesday, Sam, I know you were. Zanmi was Mendax. Finkel, Finkel is Einhorn. Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> Boy, folks, Ted, Ted Tangent time. Here we go. Uh, Ace Ventura has not aged well. No, classic, classic scene of uh, early 90s homophobia. <laughs> Uh, transphobia, straight up. Just oh, true, straight transphobia. Up. Yeah, Hold on. yeah transphobia. You're right. You're right. It is transphobia. Yikes. Yeah. yeah, that has not aged well. The rest of the movie, I actually don't know. I haven't seen it in forever. Uh, you know, certainly. You know, we should do that. We should do that on the pod. We should watch Ace Ventura. We should do a watch along on Twitch and then like talk about it afterwards. That was again. <laughs> again, two white men solving the world's social problems. Hell yeah, dude! It start, it's got to start somewhere because it doesn't uh, get any better if we don't talk to each true. other. That's true. But anyways, back to the campaign. So uh, Zanmi turned out to be Mendax this whole time, um, mm. and he took the orb, um, cast a spell that struck the stranger and wounded him, um, and you were able to see through the curse that was forcing him to act opposite his nature and be deceitful and it turns out he was Aerithal the angel who was uh, in uh, mortal combat and, and uh, locked opposite to Mendax who had stopped Mendax's plan for destruction the entire time um, 
And so the heroes had to follow Mendax through a gate. They found themselves at the core of the Tetherverse, surrounded by four giant orbs of power that were holding yep. the Tetherverse together. And they proceeded to have uh, epic combat with Mendax as he tried to destroy those orbs. And uh, let's, it was, let's share it some highlights awesome. from the battle. Yeah, it was a pretty, it was an epic battle, and it was like. It was kind of a nail biter. There were some times when I was just like, yikes, yeah. this is not looking good for the old heroes. But one thing I learned this session is I learned a really good strategy for fighting with Bosch. Mm -hmm. I don't normally like I've played like role playing games, but there's yeah. another pop for you folks. Once again, I don't have a pop filter. <laughs> um, I've played my fair share of role playing games, but I've never played a character that's I've never played rogue in D and D. I just mm -hmm. I don't know why it doesn't really align with like how I like to play. I've always just kind of been either like a tank, just swinging a bunch. But so this is also kind of a, a shift for me. But all that is to say, I think I finally determined a good strategy because with the monk, what you can do is you can go up, attack, do a bunch of quick attacks, and then if you use flurry of blows, which I use pretty much every single you turn, use, yep. you can disengage and then dip out of range of the person attacking you so you're like quick and i just learned something else folks this might be a little bit of a spoiler for the end of the episode but i gained a level and guess what happens at monk level five baby you get a second attack you get a second on your turn yeah with your main weapon attack i have been i was pouring through the character sheets seeing what people did getting ready for next week and i saw that come up for you what a cherry feat that is just straight oh, up baby. two regular attacks and then you still can have stunning strike after you can have fur yep. flurry of blows after i can do a flurry of blows after each one is that right um i think only after your second like you can only do flurry of blows once a turn oh gotcha. i believe okay well but you know what? that's a good thing to look into for next week Folks, um, if you're waiting for those point of order shirts just wait those are still coming we're gonna get a group order <laughs> for them going soon don't you worry yeah put that. put in your pre-order now at the irish roger on twitter yep. <laughs> so we know venmo how many to at the irish roger on venmo 500 dollars, <laughs> and we'll see what we can do for getting you a t-shirt 500 dollars shirt <laughs> When uh, I was a, okay, another tangent when i was like when i was younger i discovered like some of those shirts the shirt sites where you could create a design or whatever oh, yeah. and then like set your like dollar amount i created a shirt that was white it was mm -hmm. a plain white shirt and all it said a very simple like comic sans font that just said i paid a hundred dollars for this shirt and it was one hundred dollars and i set the like amount that i would get to like the, ma the, the maximum uh, that they could take which was like 10 percent. and i was just like if somebody buys this shirt i'm just gonna make 90 dollars i thought oh this is such a funny idea nobody bought of course shirt, not obviously. of course not <laughs> of course not but it's like one of those dumb things where it's just like if you have i've seen like youtubers these days do obvious Dumb. scams like uh, yeah, that yeah they're just not as like overt about yeah it. Anyway, and people sorry. people go for it yeah but absolutely <laughs> um so yeah that was so it'll be interesting to see uh bosh is i i feel like level five the monk really comes alive because i would say there have been some times it's felt like bosh might have been a little underpowered but now, 100%. but now 100%. that you get two melee attacks, you have stunning strike, you have flurry of blows, you can disengage as a mm -hmm. bonus action and run away. You get bonus movement after flurry of blows. Like, ooh, Bosch is going to be somebody to be reckoned with. 
I think. Yeah, Bosch is going to get really, really powerful. Sorry, I'm just opening up my sheet. I don't know if you can hear that, but I have this. I'm in D&D Beyond. I got to get out of here. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> I, have like just a, I have like the music from the next session just like blasting oh, in my ears. Oh, oh, so you opened up the uh, tabletop. Yeah, I accidentally opened up above VTT. It's yeah, that's okay. I don't. I don't good, think there's everybody. any spoilers on there right now. I think that's okay for you uh, to see. Merritt, there's just a lot of pictures of nude men. What's going on here, pal? Is there something you want to tell me? <laughs> he's above VTT to store my secret board collection. <laughs> Whoa! How'd that get in here? That's oh, crazy. Sorry, oh, man, guys. No, Whoa, sorry. Oh, that's so crazy. Uh, I kind of like what you're saying, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's all a spectrum it's all a spectrum uh, okay. mm -hmm. but um i thought a neat part of the battle mechanic was um the destruction of certain areas uh you know the parts of the map uh when he destroyed when, when i loved that yeah. that was awesome when mendax destroyed like, an orb incredible the, Sorry, the land continue. yeah when, when he destroyed an orb the land around it uh crumbled away and broke away from the main chunk and so if you were standing there or if you were in the scene you could get uh you could just straight up fall or maybe you were on the land i don't know if you noticed between shifting from the maps a piece that broke away would move a little bit away and then the next one it was even farther away and then the third oh, yeah. one after that it was just completely gone um so it would be possible for you to get stuck on that piece of land slowly drifting away and if you don't get away off of it uh, you know by the time he destroys the next orb adios bye, <laughs> bye. Uh, yeah there was a lot of that i think that um it was also interesting to see how I think that another thing that was interesting is just seeing how we've been playing together long enough where I'm also kind of aware of what my fellow players' play styles mm -hmm. are like. Yeah. So I it's kind of like forced me to be a lot more conservative because Bosch is was moderately underpowered. Yeah. But also like I've had just a lot of fun playing the character of Bosch more than like the the fighty fighty. Yeah. Um but I'm yeah, it was a so all this is to say, I thought that that like, time-based mechanic was incredible. This guy I work with told me a story. He's like a very experienced DM. He's won okay. a bunch of campaigns. He kind of like has this – he has this air about him that someone – when they say, oh, I run D&D campaigns, you're kind of like, yeah, I can see that because you uh -huh. have this like air of like I really like being the boss of the D&D &D <laughs> thing. Um, not a slight. He's a very intelligent, very like, sure. creative person. And he um, he told me this what he did what he did he created this like dungeon for his people, for his like players where like after every turn like those platforms were like gradually like sinking into lava. Ah, and he like yes. created the like on like grid paper, created it where they like started fading away and fading away. Very and were, cool. Like, traps and all that shit. Very and I was, cool. Like, that's cool. And that's kind of what this reminded me of. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like because it's we've had a lot of combat, but having combat with like a ticking clock element is adds a lot more urgency yeah, to it. Yeah. You know? And um, it definitely hit a point where we were like we were getting our asses kicked. You're on the ropes. You're on the ropes. Mm -hmm. Um and I was like, we better uh, it was interesting to see how Wright and I almost both were just sort of like we just need to like attack as hard as we can mm -hmm. because we're probably just gonna die. Yeah. Um now the uh, we'll we'll let everybody know halfway through the fight, uh Arithal had recovered enough that he was able to join you and give you all a divine sourced long rest uh, during which each character had a little narrative moment, um, a little glimpse into themselves, a little glimpse into their future, 
uh, a little glimpse into their insecurities and reassurances to help mm-hmm. overcome those. Um, that was always scripted that after five rounds, he would, Arithal would arrive. The group needed to survive for those five rounds, and you barely did. Uh, yep. <clears throat> Raccoon was down. I believe mm-hmm. everyone else was at either two or three hit points. I was at three hit points. It yes. was very, very close. It was very close. Um, Barter was just hanging out on the edge of that. Barter he didn't even care. Barter had a <laughs> incredibly clutch. I think we. It was supposed to be a strength by the the rules as written, but I like to give an option um, for st- like a strength or dexterity check in a situation like that. Cause either you could just sort of brace down and it was a, it was a gust attack. Uh, Mendex did trying to push him off the edge. So right. either it could be, I like to make it either a strength that you just like brace yourself and push against it or dexterity. And that like you find a little crevice and just jump and duck into it and just like get under it. So I like to give an option to the players that they can do either one. Um, mm-hmm. And so he, that was a clutch dexterity check to keep himself on the platform. Cause he was right on the edge and he would have been blown back 10 feet off of the edge. Um, Big time. And then, so uh, I love, and I, I had a lot of fun coming up with the um, narrative elements of the visions that y- you guys had during this um, divine long rest that you know Bosch had another moment of sort of uh coaching personal coaching from Hector about yep. um accepting himself accepting the world uh to be to be able to f- better find balance uh within himself and bring balance to um those he encounters uh Raccoon had a you know vision of the world all around him in nature and connecting with everything there and a slight touch towards his uh barbarian rage and on the idea that mendax is trying to destroy all that um barter had a vision of his lost family and um the society that that he would like to be a part of that he has been shut out of to this point Um, but he had a little vision of him belonging um, and that, mm-hmm. you know, gave him some strength. And then um, I'll, I'll level with you. The first one I thought of for this was Lek uh, having a little conversation with his god um, about his role with the Aarakocra people and what he can do to um, serve his god and serve the Aarakocra people. Um, and right. it and it was also a little coaching session, uh, but you know I felt like being a, you know new players still, um, I do feel occasionally the need to give some guidance about like hey you're kind of missing this opportunity with your character and your build, yep. um, just because you know so much of it is knowledge based and you learn through experience and sometimes you don't experience certain things, so you miss out on the knowledge of how the character mechanically functions um so Mm -hmm. it was just it was a little encouragement to have lack get more in the mix of things because right he has an ac of 18 and he's always like hanging back like he is he he doesn't have Mm -hmm. the highest hit points but he is the hardest to hit um Mm -hmm. and so you know his god he's a he's a paladin right he is a cleric 
He's a cleric. But he's a So that means that he can cast healing spells though, right? He can cast healing spells. He can cast he has some really strong offensive spells. He wears heavy plate. He has a shield. Um so he has an AC of 18, which is huge. That's an incredibly high AC. Um, oh, yeah. And he's very rarely up there. And I understand his reasoning in that he can avoid damage um, by staying back. And he can cast spells from range. And his spells have higher hit chances and, and good damage compared to the hammer. Um, I was encouraging him to get involved in this scenario uh, up close because, uh, you know, spoiler, if he listens to the um, pod at some point, um, <laughs> I didn't. When, when he had his first encounter with his god, um, she took a holy symbol and melded it into his hammer, uh, sort of like right. updating his hammer, making it a magical weapon. Um, mm-hmm. And then he didn't use his hammer he didn't. He hasn't used his hammer once. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was for this scenario specifically that to help him, um, it's a divine weapon. It right. does radiant damage. You're fighting a demon. His weapon, his weapon would do double damage. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, it, what was interesting to me was when you took when you guys got that long rest, you did so amazingly well. Uh, Mendax was only down to about half health in the first half of that combat. It was five rounds. You got him down to about half health. In the second half of that combat, you killed him in two rounds. You're right. The second half of that combat went so fast. You guys rolled yeah. so amazingly well. You hit him so hard. It was awesome. It truly felt um, like... It felt like an earned story it moment. It felt like an earned story moment. It, it And it felt like that cinematic moment where the hero is losing. He has a memory or something that gives him new cause and then he just right. flat out trounces the bad guy that's what it felt mm-hmm. like and it was awesome um it's that moment in like in rocky when he like stands up and the and the like other boxer is like yeah this is done and then the rocker's like standing there like bloodied and he's just like hey i didn't hear no bell yeah or maybe that was south park that was south park <laughs> <laughs> when randy's like fighting the other dads at the Little League thing, and then he goes up again. That's, like, one of the best episodes Yeah, of that, that show. is one of the best but episodes. When he, when he like, every single time he gets into a fight, he just takes his shirt off, and yeah. there's this, like, big, bad, like, drunk At, like, li- at Little League fights. <laughs> Little League <laughs> which, is at, which is a real thing, which is why it's even better. Yeah. Just, like, these fucking yeah. alpha male dudes who yeah. take these Little League games way too seriously. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, anyway. so, so that was – it felt really awesome. Um, the other reason for – um, that divine long rest aside from the narrative moments was um, I wanted to have a sense of urgency of you guys getting to that fight, having to fight to get to that fight. Um, right. But that you'd gone through several combat encounters without any kind of arrest. So yeah. we, we kind of fudged you the rules very, a little. I'm not, I, you were very gracious with that short yeah. rest. I was like, I have a feeling we're going to go into another battle and this is going to not look good <laughs> yeah right because you guys were pretty much like tapped out for uh um, oh, yeah. abilities after the minotaur fight um and so i you know a short rest is supposed to be an hour i think that's too long i think like i think you these types of heroes you just need a moment to catch your breath you need 10 15 minutes to just like catch your breath recoup and i think that counts well enough as a short rest in certain narrative situations um, so you guys got the short rest before the first half and then the long rest 
uh, for the second half because this was a, you know, Sam has made fun of me in the text for saying it was a deadly encounter again. Ba- Mendax was based on a uh, Baylor, which is a huge demon from um, the Monsters Handbook. Uh, challenge rating 19. It's an end game for a high level mm-hmm. campaign. Um, I. I don't I only think I only reduced his hit points by about 50. I think I reduced his attacks slightly. Um, you know, like his attacks were like a 2d6 plus 5. I turned him down to like a 2d6 plus 3. Something like that. Like just a, a little bit of a nerf, not even a substantial one. Um, and you guys still had good roles um, right. and played smart and mm-hmm. did great. It was a lot and so it was so much fun. It was a great sesh. It was like, uh, er, I feel like our whole sort of campaign has been building to this moment. So yeah. it was a lot of fun to like see it through to the end. Yeah. Here's a question. How long have we been running this campaign? How many months? I believe since like. Since like November, September right? or November. It's been a while now. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. And I That's I would say, I'd say we have, well, you know, um, the last week, this is actually our 21st episode of Dungeon Master Level 1. Um, so 21. 21, and I believe we've only had two episodes of this where we did not have a game session before. So that means we're at about 19 game sessions. Um, so it's wow. been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been great. Um, yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah. That was, um, yeah, that's, that's really, that's really interesting. It's going to be interesting just to see how, how the game progress. Sorry. I put my hand in front yeah. of my mouth when I was talking. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's also why you listen to this pod folks, because we like to keep it real. We don't edit. We don't mm-hmm. do any of that other fancy stuff. We don't promote. We don't even tell our friends that we're doing that. <laughs> um, but great sesh. I feel like we've talked about everything. I think the wheels are kind of turning. I feel like Bosch is going to have a come to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think it's been earned. I also think that this fight with Mendax, he's kind of like realized that he uh, should stop being uh, so hateful. He's still going to be st- straight up neutral, but you know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I actually, and I do have one other uh, mechanical note based on this. Again, the divine, inst- the divine rest during which um, all the characters got to add one point to one of their stats. Mm. Um, so I'll tell you what that was. That was basically because you guys got like really cool weapons and gear earlier in the campaign. I felt like I couldn't really give you something major without right. just straight up completely breaking the game. You guys are already right. killing except much. For, except for with barter. <laughs> that's like the, the weapon that's like built for his class. Yeah. Uh, Bart. Well, except again, he's his client. He gets a plus eight on his attacks and uh, his attack rolls. That comes from his class. That's not even from the weapon. The weapon is a plus one. So even without Dang. the weapon, he began a plus seven, um, just straight up from his build, which is absolutely insane. But um, he, so uh, the addition of the the point going to your stats was sort of a preemptive reward should you survive that was kind of the loot um from this encounter and then there were some smaller trinkets um still very cool items that you guys got at the end so uh, there was a bag of holding the immovable rod which can be used in some incredibly creative ways 
um, mm -hmm. the belt of useful items, which is yeah, based I'm, on the cloak of useful about, items. Right. I'm stoked about that immovable rod. I'm yeah. Gonna, or my wheels are already turning on how I'm going to use that. It's, there's some incredibly creative ways to use that. And then, um, oh, uh, a lucky stone, which mm -hmm. uh, I actually thought you, without knowing what it was, I thought that Barter or Bosch could go for that because it basically lets you re-roll on failed checks. And <laughs> Bo <laughs> Bosch well, likes to check. The player knew that, but Bosch doesn't know mm -hmm. that he's failing these dice right. rolls. That's right. the thing about Bosch, the game. Bosch tries so much crazy shit, I thought he could use <laughs> a little bit of luck. <laughs> Just wait till I get this immovable rod in my hands. Yeah. I'm gonna oh, try man. even more crazy shit. Now the immovable rod could pair very nicely with um with the mithril grappling staff. And I think sure. it's actually and I think it's actually pretty cool that we've sort of built into the lore very quickly that it looks like they're made by the same Yep. craftsmen you know they have the same yeah, sort of cool. design they're actually about the same size so now bosch actually is it's like a gnome. he's a gnome. a gnome too so it's it's a rod but technically it's it's, it's like tall enough that he could use it's the size staff. of a quarter staff for him um yep. and he's walking around with like two gnome sized quarter staffs slung on his back which is just like a super cool like image yeah I it's think. like the witcher you know with his yeah. silver sword and his steel sword yeah exactly which by the way i need to go back and try that game again i feel oh, like so good that's what i hear i feel like i just i just didn't give it a, a fair shake you know it My takes thing with video games is that i i don't like playing games where i feel like at a certain point i'm just doing tasks i'm mm. just working i want a game that's going to have gameplay that's going to keep me engaged and if that's story based great yeah if it's like creative game design awesome here's but I get far enough i think yeah i think here's what you should do for the witcher ignore the side quests they're f they they are really cool they're fun um if you like doing side quests based on what you just said just ignore them just do I the main I mean, yeah. I, I, I've, I, I'm torn. I'm like, oh, I should like try to complete this. But then I hit a point where I'm like, once I finish the main story, I'm just like, I'm done. That yeah. was fun. We're I think here. I think just push through the main story because it is fantastic. So good. Okay. So good. Just ignore hey, the side quests and go for the main story. Here's a random question. Yeah. Um, have you ever like dabbled in Warhammer 40k? You know what? I haven't. Um, I've been like I've come it's kind of like the next step up from like yeah, D &D and it is. I feel like it's Warhammer like 40k might actually start to see like a big uptick given how many people have started doing DD &D just yeah. in the last like 10 years. It's like even crazier than DD. &D. It's oh, dude, it's I, I have no idea where to even begin. And part of me is like, ooh, I kind of want to do this. The yeah. reason I got interested is because and i'll send you this link separately there's this fan-made series of shorts i've seen those they look amazing Dude, like they are awesome the fan-made shorts I, I i don't think i've seen all of them and it, and it may not be the same ones you're talking about but no, some of the war so. some of the warhammer 40k fan-made shorts they're like professional grade they're insane i've seen the one where like one of them gets melted by electricity or something like that. No, like they, no, that's not, the that's one not it. Okay. About. Well, send, Sorry. send me the, <laughs> send me what you're like looking at. Like, no, no, no wrong. Uh, um, sorry. I want to send that link right now before I forget. Because some of them basically, are incredible. Basically it's a, it's a, like five episodes, maybe like maybe 10 minutes total. Okay. And there's no dialogue. It's mm. all like, which makes it like even more impressive because yeah. you don't hear any of these people talk. So it, you're, it kind of like causes you to like 
your imagination to kind of like flow, which I think is really fa fascinating how when you put specific limitations on a piece of art or a piece of like fiction, it's interesting how much more the other things can kind of like step up to flourish when you kind of rely on your like audience's imagination. And the, oh shit, okay, sorry. I went to his YouTube channel, but I think he took all of this stuff down oh. because this dude got hired by Games Workshop oh. to start making new content oh. because the, this this stuff is so lit. Let me, see, but I'm sure there's a mirror. Hold on. Yeah. Anyway, um, I got like kind of a, a, acknowledged this and then I started, I kind of fell down. I'm not going to lie. I kind of fell down a <laughs> Warhammer 40k rabbit hole, which is funny. If you look at the YouTube algorithm on our Apple TV, mm -hmm. my, my partner's videos are like the take, like film analysis. <laughs> like, let's talk about the film Marie Antoinette. And mine is all like, which would be the worst faction to live in in Warhammer 40k? Spoiler alert. All of them. all of them. It is an awful, dark, awful, awful place. terrible place to live. It's just all space fascism yeah. forever. Yeah. Um. But it's. Uh, I'll I'll just send you this link right now. You should check it out because it's really cool. It's. I find myself every single time I drink a little bit too much. I'm always like, I'm gonna watch a Stardies. Um. Anyway, the reason uh. I ask is because I like was sort of like maybe i should like dabble in this but then it's so massive it's so expansive it's been going on for decades mm -hmm. it's a it's truly a universe that yeah. is massive and a lot of the I, I i there are like even some books that take place in the in this universe and it's pretty much just like you're not gonna understand everything it's insane in it's you insane just need to like pick a faction and like read a book about that it and maybe you'll pick something up that is exactly what has kept me out of it that there right. are so many factions there. The lore is so expansive and so deep. It's just like, it's more than I can handle. Honestly, it's, right. it's too much for me. Um, what I will tell you what I have done. Uh, once again, I visited my local library. I got, um, I'm reading for the Shout first out time. Local libraries. Shout out local libraries. local libraries. Um, I am reading the, uh, Durin Drizzt books for the first time. I've never read them. What uh, are these? Uh, it's an R.A. Salvatore book that takes place in the world of the Forgotten Realms in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Um, and this character, Dren Drizzt, I may be saying it wrong. Drizzt Duarden? Yes, yes, yes. I've Drizzt only Duarden. I've only read Sorry, the I'm first. I'm looking it up right now. I've only read the first uh, couple of pages. Um, he's like, it's the character that popularized the Dark Elf. Uh, uh, okay that that this is the book series that sort of built the dark elf lore and par mm. popularized the character um in that race and so i'm reading him for the first time you know i've had such a blast doing this in dungeons and dragons that i wanted to experience something else so i'm trying that out and enjoying it so far um nice yeah so uh one thing i other thing i wanted to talk about is we are already getting going on the next campaign starting next week i'm so excited for it i i don't know like if the I, next chapter with the, same the next chapter same yep 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 right. yep yep the next chapter of these characters is a, a, you know a new campaign um i don't know if i am more excited to start the new one or was more excited to finish this last one like <laughs> it's it both are such a incredible experiences for me. Um, I, I think it's going to be great. Um, one thing I, I talked briefly with Wright about this. Oh, and actually before we go on to what I talked about with Wright, uh, I learned something very important this week. I need to do a better job beforehand going through the spell casters 
seeing what spells you have prepared and familiarizing myself with the spells because Steve brilliantly used fairy fire to grant everyone advantage on their attacks on Mendax. Wait, that was advantage on those attacks? Yes. Wow. um, Oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. Sorry, Jesus. (laughs) I've learned a couple of things about that. I went back and read the spell a little more carefully uh, anyone who was in the casting area would also be affected by fairy fire, I believe. Uh, oh. And Mendax would have advantage on them. Um, wow. So that is something that is interesting. The other wow. thing that was interesting is basically we kind of forgot about fairy fire through the first half of that combat. We then remembered for the second half when you kicked his ass. However, when uh, Raccoon fell unconscious, his concentration was broken and fairy fire was no longer active. Right, exactly. So we kind of like messed it up twice, but then it balanced out from the two screw-ups, you know? Mm, so mm. <laughs> um, it's so it was all good, um, and I think it balanced out, and everybody won, everybody survived, which is awesome. So, uh, But so what I was going to say is with this new campaign, you know, this is one thing we talked about earlier, we started with a homebrew, which is unusual. We're now moving on to a module. We're doing the Dragon of Ice Spire Peak, uh, which came in the starter set I got. It should be very, very fun, very, very cool. And one thing I'm going to be, I'm going to be stricter about the rules. I, you know, it'll be a cool new experience for us. I'm going to try and enforce more of the rules as written, including the uh, verbal, somatic, and material components of spells, which we have mm. basically glossed over. Um, we have, you know, they, I haven't had the spellcasters set, you know, what do you say? You know, how, what do your hands do? Right. What do you, how do you use the material if yeah, it has that, material components? Really it gets yeah. very specific, and I'm not going to strictly enforce it. I think what I'm going to do is for anything that costs under 10 gold pieces, you just have a they'll have a pouch that has it they just like i just need them to say like i pull a seed from my pouch i whisper right. entangle or whatever and crush the seed and blow right. or so you know just i want a little more description to the spell casting um and it's only going to be for components that are more expensive like um revivify requires a diamond worth 100 gold pieces if you don't have that diamond, you're not going to be able to cast Revivify. I right. don't think anyone has Revivify right now. Um, clerics get it at some point, but I don't think uh, Lek has it. But okay. So I'm going to be a little um, stricter about that. You know, I know that um, Lek has been casting spells while holding a shield and a weapon. Mm. That's not gonna, mm. That's not going to work anymore. He also hasn't been casting any healing spells. He hasn't Sorry, been. Right, he hasn't this, been healing. I know you have all. them, and I use all of my healing <laughs> potions, and you haven't used any of your healing um, spells. We are going. You know, uh, I didn't realize when I gave it to you how expensive healing spe- potions were. They're expensive. Fifty gold pieces. Fifty gold pieces. I gave you guys. I spent two hundred fifty gold pieces on these people. No, you, and you got. Oh, the equivalent of yeah, yeah. You yeah, that's you what blew I blew through it. I yeah, know, I didn't spend anything. I've been I've been trying to reinvest in the local communities. Yeah, that fine because Bosch yeah. is um really act very really altruistic. In that. Yeah, yeah. Um, not even altruistic. Just like not trying to spend money on the things that are uh, made by corporations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so now. You know, uh, I gave you gave everybody those 
health potions partially is because like we're new we're gonna probably need them um let's get comfortable in the game that's done no more free health potions you guys can keep what you still have but you're not getting any more unless you buy them unless you buy them um so uh yeah we'll see how that goes i think that'll be cool and a neat experience to go a little closer to the rules as written i'm also going to little spoiler here you're going to be doing some land traveling we're going to kind of stick to the land travel rules and the random encounter rules and see how that goes uh with a little bit of uh a little bit of a homebrew that i've seen on um some other people suggest that i think that makes a lot of sense for example i'll let you guys know um so long rest is supposed to be eight hours at least six of sleeping two of which doing nothing more active than reading or you know maybe fixing some equipment you know down real downtime however Mm -hmm. this um a youtube channel said you know one of the the dungeon dudes they recommended this as a home brew rule for travel that if you've been traveling all day you it doesn't count it's not a long rest when you rest if you unless you're at a tavern in a bed if you were camping in the woods if you were camping on the road that's not particularly restful, particularly after a day of traveling of more than eight 100%. hours. Yeah. So that can be a short rest. You can get some health points back, use your hit points, but that's not a long rest. And so that's, I like that idea because that makes it more realistic. It's not relaxing. It's not restorative. If you're sleeping on the ground after a day of rough travel over difficult terrain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, 100%. That's how we're going to roll interesting. that. I'm, I'm, it's, it's also, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I really like how we've seen you grow as a DM mm. as well as we have grown as players. Yeah. Um, incredible. I love it. Um, what, I feel like I was going to say something else or something else completely unrelated, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I, I also have that. <laughs> Great auditory no, comment there. Uh, know, right? There's one other thing that I'm focusing on and considering moving into this is, again, this is a starter module built mm-hmm. for levels one through five with the intention that you start at level one and you end. Whoa, at- the module that did you use a module? I thought you wrote all this. No, the one we're going into. Oh, the one we're going into. And the reason we're doing it is because that's the module I got and I like the story and I want to do the mm-hmm. story. Um, so I'm going to have to adjust it to make it a suitable challenge right off the bat. Um, Mm -hmm. so we'll see. And I, and I've started looking at the encounters and there are some creature substitutions I can do right away to sort of just kick it up a notch. Um, and there are some homebrew things that can, uh, as well, like if it's not actually in the official, manuals there are some you know other people have wanted to make monsters more difficult and they've basically taken the basic monster and made it more difficult for their groups so there's going to be a lot of that going forwards for that nice but it should be it should be great i i like the story i think it's interesting i think one thing that's neat about this one is i think it allows for more choices in what you do next Mm -hmm. um that you know that campaign we did it was very linear it was like Mm -hmm. there was a path for you guys to follow 
if you had really insisted on, no, we want to go do this. No, we want to investigate the corporation of Harbor and like what's going right. on here, or we want to bring down the Guild of Wonder. You know, I would have adjusted and we could have done that. Um, oh, yeah. But this one, it allows for more choice in where you go first. And it'll be interesting like to see how that works. That's cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's going to be fun. Yeah, cool. Um, I forgot exactly what I was. I forgot entirely what I was going to talk about. No but worries. I am excited to, to fool around with my immovable rod and um, have a real ball yeah. doing it. I'm excited. And I have something big. Uh-oh. in store for you oh. guys right away oh, it's it'll wow. be very cool and it just, more pictures of nude men more <laughs> pornography <laughs> um i know sam's excited uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying that because i know for a fact that he listens to this and i'm uh, just trying to drop his name as many times as possible um, awesome anyway Excellent. for the for anyone who's listening who's not named sam thanks so much for tuning in i feel like we're wrapping up I, yeah I, i'm not gonna no, remember what no, I was we're wrapping up. About, i think we're so. good we're good yeah for sure yeah so um yeah i'm really excited for next week and i'm glad we were able to make you the schedule work because i know we had a little bit of a conflict going on um but right, so yeah, yeah it's my partner and i's seventh anniversary that's amazing congratulations yeah. thank you so we're going to dinner and i was like i'm prioritizing this so oh 100 100 percent. i um the the second most dangerous element for a adult D game behind scheduling conflicts is spousal frustration or part you partner know, frustration. You know what else is gonna be? You know what else is funny about Warhammer 40k is that there was a moment when I was like, maybe I'll buy a beginner pack, and then I just immediately thought, do you really think that they're gonna be okay with me having a hundred miniatures that I'm like hand painting in the in the house in the apartment? The answer, that, folks, is no. That costs <laughs> hundreds, yeah. hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Also, okay. Last thought before we before we end. Um, we went to Disneyland. I think I might have mentioned this last. You time, did, but yeah. I, I mentioned that. Um. I found that our like economy and investments are just like all a joke these days. Mm. So I read this article a while ago that Lego sets are actually like a, a valuable, a good investment. Oh investment. My God. Yeah. So I bought a Lego set at Legoland and that's the end nice. of the story. Awesome. I love it. Cool. All right. That's where we're going to wrap it. All right. Bye. <laughs> so put, <laughs> put all your money in Legos and that's been dungeon yeah, master. level one. Price, folks. <laughs> Sam, invest your money in Legos. I know you're having a financial conversation right now. <laughs> all right perfect ending all right thank you everyone for listening this has been dungeon master level one i'm your dungeon master merit with me is my bender fist ted have a good one Bye. bye